Well, the Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese, has arrived in the United States. He's going to meet up with the President, Joe Biden, and the UK Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak. And the main topic for discussion is AUKUS, our AUKUS Defence Partnership. And what the hell are we going to do about these nuclear submarines? Dr Keith Souter, uh, the Managing Director of the Global Directions Think Tank and the provider of Global Truths, that sensational podcast which is on the listener app, is on the phone right now. Well, there's been a fair lead up to this visit, Dr Keith. Good morning to you. Well, what's going to happen? Well, it's going to be one of the most momentous weeks in Australian foreign policy that we've had for quite a while. Um, what we're about to embark upon is the largest defence project in Australian history in terms of sheer expenditure. Now, of course, it's going to go out over a certain number of years. It's not, not all of it's going to be coming in one go, but it's, it's, we're talking about a multi-billion dollar project. Bearing in mind, defence projects always run over time and they always run over budget. So we, we really don't know what the full cost of this is going to be. So you, you've got a project... You know, we had an arrangement with France uh, that was cancelled by by a tweet or something, uh, which is bizarre. And I think that may be subject to separate litigation. Uh, the French are probably suing Australia over that. Uh, so we decided that we would then enter into this new defence arrangement with Australia, uh, with Australia, the United States, and the United Kingdom, AUKUS. And so. That was a, a deal that seemed to satisfy all three countries. Clearly, from the Australian point of view, there's a need to get new submarines. The United Kingdom was happy because it gave Britain uh, a new role in the world. Britain has, has got rid of the European Union. It's now beginning to develop its own independent foreign policy. And this is a, a remembrance of a day when the Royal Naval Ensign could be seen all over the world. So we're going to see the Royal Navy playing a bit of a role in the Asian region. And from the United States' point of view, they are mobilizing countries in readiness for a war against China. And so China, which ironically, when the announcement was made, China never never got a mention. Mm. Uh, so we were, that was the elephant in the room. Mm. Um, so th- what they're now doing is actually trying to put some meat on the bones. In other words, by actually having the meeting uh, in a few hours' time in San Diego, California, at which the um, uh, announcement will be made about exactly what Australia is going to do. And it's going to be spread out over a large number of years. So it begins with Australia acquiring probably Virginia-class submarines. Um, these are nuclear-powered, not nuclear-armed submarines, or at least from our point of view, they won't be carrying nuclear arms, but they will be nuclear-powered. Um, and then... Uh, the agreement between Australia and the United Kingdom and probably the United States to work on the next generation Mm. of nuclear submarines with some of them perhaps being built in Australia somewhere. And and, Um, and, and that that is at least 10 years away, isn't it? Oh, easily. Before before the first submarine arrives. Yeah. And the Americans are already pretty busy and fully stretched building their own Virginia-class submarines for their own use. How much are they? How much is a Virginia-class sub? I have no idea how much it would cost you. (laughs) And, of course, they... Billions of dollars uh, because uh, it's really sophisticated technology. I was about to joke and say, look, you know, they're cheaper if you buy them in bulk. Uh, (laughs) But here here is the question, and please, I I know it may sound like a stupid question, but in, in the Fair Income Department, why do we need 
submarines. I mean, who, to defend us against China or Indonesia, a handful of submarines ain't going to do it. No, well, you're right. It's really against China. I don't think Indonesia... Um, but China? Uh, China is obviously a problem, but certainly um, um, the, the argument is that this would then lock us much more into the US alliance against China. So Australia would be playing a subservient role to the United States. This is one of the reasons why former Prime Ministers Keating and Turnbull have been critical of the decision, because Australia will not have control over the submarines. They, they may be called Australian submarines, but they will actually be controlled as American uh, oper- operations. But aren't submarines so, easily tracked these days? I mean, they're not, inv- they're not completely invisible. Oh, no. No, not nowadays. No. So that, that, that's certainly a problem. And the more basic one is who are you going to get to serve in them? We have enough difficulty exactly. crewing our own current submarines. Um, so how are we going to get enough to uh, uh, young sailors, male and female, to serve in submarines? You're quite right. There, there are all sorts of headaches. And, of course, plus we're inflaming the Chinese um, because the Chinese quite rightly see that this is really directed at them. Uh, so then we're, we're antagonizing our major trading partner. These are all sorts of problems. That's why I say it's such a momentous week coming up because there are just so many implications of the decision that will be announced in a few hours' time. I just Googled how much is a Virginia-class submarine. All right. Okay, this is, <laughs> this is a, a cost, an estimate uh, given back in 2019. $3.5 billion per unit. Right. I mean... And then you've got the ongoing maintenance costs because these are very sophisticated pieces of machinery. I remember in the old days, Rolls-Royce, which sold aircraft engines, said that um, we give the engines away quite freely because we know we're going to have the maintenance contract, which will keep us in business indefinitely. So I think the same would apply with submarines. You you acquire the submarine, but then you've also got an agreement for 33 years to keep the submarines maintained for the life of the submarine, which, as I say, is over, is over 30 years. Okay, so $3.45 billion per unit. Sorry, that's 2021's estimate. Yeah. So, so the question is, how many at $3.45 billion, and are we better off building homes for homeless people or something? Well, exactly. <laughs> this is the usual problem. You know, it's a time when the government is trying to cut back on expenditure. It's raising taxes. Um, and now... And people are hurting. Spending- People are hurting and they are spending the money on this defence equipment uh, for a possible war against China. And, and a possible war against China where a handful of submarines that won't be ready until 10 years' time <laughs> are, aren't going to have any effect anyway. Or would have limited effect. They will have some effect. But, yeah, you're right. It's not going to be the turning point in the war. Can I ask you this, Dr. Keith Ritter, who's with us, uh, expert on foreign affairs, we have the AUKUS agreement right now, but is there a chance down the track that a, an incoming, a new commander-in-chief could change all that? Oh, yeah. You know, that was the problem we had with Donald Trump, because he, he, if he returns to the White House in two years' time, he'll be wanting to reverse AUKUS. Because he, well, I don't know. This is the, the problem with the unpredictability of the commander-in-chief. Because on the one hand, he doesn't like foreign entanglements, mm. uh, but on the other hand, he doesn't like China. Mm-hmm. So we're not at all clear. And of course, don't forget the military industrial complex, we're a major donor to his political campaigning. So he may be in, in, uh, in debt to some of those big 
uh, firms making donations. It, it is complicated. There is no real stability here, at least from the Chinese point of view. They've made their ambitions clear, although we're not sure whether they would seek to take over Australia by military force. I think that they'd probably go for things like cyber hacking, disinformation, and all they would really want would be to exert control over the country without actually physically having to occupy it. For example, improving the economic ties. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, look, it'll be an interesting day. An announcement made on Tuesday, I understand. And Dr. Keith, will keep you online if we can, if anything happens. Um, I've got to ask you, uh, Rishi Sunak is in his early days. How's he going? I think he's doing reasonably well. He's certainly an improvement over his predecessor, who didn't last in office as long as a lettuce. Two weeks, lasted. Lettuce, trust me. <laughs> Two weeks. Lettuce. 43 days. 43 days. Uh, yeah. Oh, pathetic. Um, so he, he's trying to stabilise um, the situation. He doesn't have to face a general election for a year. So he's got plenty of time to try to rebuild. He, mind you, he, he's following the Australian um, playbook with the campaign to stop the boats. Yes, because is, obviously yes. there are silent seekers. And, and it's interesting to, to watch the foreign coverage and how often people refer to Rishi Sunak following the Australian playbook. Mm, so mm. We're, you know, we've got zero reputation overseas. Um, so he, he's you know, playing to the, the, the fears of the British that they're going to be inundated by asylum seekers. Um, the real problem is the economy. No one knows what you're going to do with the economy. And Britain is becoming the sick man of Europe. And um, it, it pulled out of the European Union, which is the world's largest trading bloc, and it really hasn't found a new role. Okay, it's going to improve trade links with Australia, but that's minute. You know, we're a population of 28 million compared with 450 million that you've just lost access to. Yeah. And my worry is the number of British businesses that are saying we now have to transfer our production centres to the European Union because that's the way that we all continue to honour our contracts with the European Union, rather than deal with all this paperwork that's involved. So uh, poor old Britain is in a real mess. I speak as a Londoner, but I have to say I'm just so glad I'm living in Australia rather than London. Oh, always. Hey, Dr. Keith, uh, we're lucky to have you. Thank you so much. We'll talk uh, during the week. Indeed. Thank you. Dr. Keith Souter here on The Night Shift on Triple M.